Hello and welcome back to the Thomas Fitch Sports Show. I am Thomas Fitch. Texas is bowl eligible for the first time in three years after an excellent 28-14 win in Morgantown, West Virginia. We're going to recap that, talk some college football playoff, and if we have extra time, we're going to get some questions from the people watching live. This is the Thomas Fitch Sports Show. All right, so let's start off with some uh, takeaways from the game. First of all, it was really our most complete performance. Um, both the defense and offense were kind of equally impressive. I would say the offense um, excelled a little bit more um, than uh, in the past, and the defense did a little bit worse. Um, and the only reason I say that is because, as we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, Will Greer went out early on. But overall, um, very, very good showing. Um, but the one thing, <laughs> one disappointing factor in this game is uh, as the offense does better, we start to have to punt from midfield from the 40. That hurts Michael Dixon's punting average. So Tom Herman just quit punting when when you're on the 40. Just go for it. I, we're trying to get this guy a Heisman, and um, you're ruining his chance. Um really of having a good chance to win the Heisman. Um, so let's start talking with some talking about the offense. So there is a reason why I've been saying that Sam should be starting over Shane. Shane starts the game. He goes four of seven, 28 yards, doesn't do much, no touchdowns. All of a sudden, you bring in Sam, 12 of 19, 136 yards, two touchdowns, one bad pick. But it's more than just that. It's more than the fact that he has nine carries for 68 yards on the run. It's He has this, this intangible quality that you put him in there, and it just, it just changes the whole aspect of the game. It, it's incredible. And, 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 and I get that he's been hurt, um, and that's why he hasn't had a lot of playing time. But it's, it, it, there's just, he just has something special to him. To, to go into Morgantown and carry this team to a win. Um, I thought what was really impressive is he has that bad pick six um, in the second half. When you're driving, you're in the red zone, uh, just tries to throw it away, which was a, a very dumb, a very freshman mistake. And he just tries to throw it away and uh, throws a pick six. And he comes back the next drive uh, and just has more confidence. And we've really seen that all year. Is um, I remember against Kansas State, the first the first throw he made was an interception. He comes back the next drive and he leads him on a touchdown, on a touchdown drive. And so he has an incredible poise to him. Um, and it's it's those mistakes. It's it's this pick six. It's um, it's the interception against Oklahoma State in overtime. It's the fumble against USC in overtime. These are are the plays that are actually growing him the most. When he goes on a good drive, he's not growing as much as, I mean, the amount of learning and knowledge that he gets from, A, just playing, you know, whether it's at USC or home against Oklahoma State um, or Kansas State in an overtime environment, plus the fact that, that, He's made mistakes. Learning from those 
learning how it feels to make those mistakes, but how you know it feels to come back and fix those. That is an incredible amount of experience that he's getting at a very young age. And hopefully with the two or three years, or sorry, uh, well, after this year, two or three years, he has left with the program. Um, hopefully they'll, they'll help him to become a very elite college quarterback. Uh, another thing that really, really helps, Connor Williams is back. <laughs> he, he is absolutely back, folks. And the team finally out uh, had more rushing yards than passing yards. In total, there was 187 passing yards, and that includes 23 of Gerard Hurd's on a little pass back to Sam Ellinger. A great play called by Tim Beck. This was actually a very, uh, a much better uh, called game. And, and I think a, a large part of Tim Beck calling a better game is Connor Williams, when you can have holes and lanes for the running backs to run through, it makes it so much easier, so much easier um, to develop a passing game, to to get the sweeps and the slants and everything. It just spreads you open. Um, Young led the charge for the Horns, 12 carries for 85 yards. Ellinger was the second highest rusher, nine carries for 68 yards. But a lot of other guys, Porter had seven for 53. He ran, that was his best running game um, that I've ever seen him do this season. Uh, Carter, 10 for 27, not as good as him. But Williams made a huge aspect because the quarterbacks had time to throw. The running backs had lanes to run through. And it revolutionized our offense. Um, you know, and so the one, the, the bad, the one bad part about this is there was kind of, you know, some talk that, okay, first, first two games of the season or game and a half before he gets injured, doesn't look great, has some holding calls, and then he goes in down and gets injured. Is that going to hurt his draft stock? Would he stay around, um, get a medical scholarship and try to, try to build back up his draft stock next year? But he comes in this game, first play of the game, and pancakes a guy, and then helps helps the team to 233 rushing yards. That's that's going to help his draft stock immensely. I think he'll be a top five pick, and he's going to be the hardest one to convince to stay. Because you know why would you? There's so much as he's already seen. There's so much of a risk for injury to to come back for another year when you're already going to be a really good draft pick. So unfortunately, there's a good chance we lose him, but just an incredible aspect that he brought to the team. The other thing, um, so the defense. Let's let's move to the defense, which was not, not, a, not a bad performance at all. Uh, you limit a, a good West Virginia team to 14 points at home. However, you have to look at Will Greer gets injured early in the game. Uh, who He was six, six for eight for 50 yards at the time. And uh, Chuganov comes in. He was 14 of 26, 189 yards, one touchdown. So not a great game for him. Um, but, you know, he actually, for a backup quarterback, he actually had some really nice throws. And West Virginia has a bunch of incredible receivers that made some great catches. But other, other than the fact that, you weren't, that, the, that we weren't facing Greer, it was a good defensive game, held West Virginia to 14 points, shut him out in the first half. And, you know, seven of those points were off We were off the pick six. So really seven points that the defense gave up. One guy um, that I really want to shout out is Devontae Davis. Last week we looked at uh, Antoine Davis, who 
had a good game. He had another good game this game, six uh, tackles, uh, five solo. But Devontae Davis is another one of those guys coming off the bench um, because of the Holton Hill suspension and actually having a a really good game. Uh, he had seven seven total tackles. Um, seven, uh, they were all solo, and he was just flying around everywhere, uh, doing a really, really good job of making tackles. Um, so that that's impressive. Obviously, Malik seven total, six solo. Um, Gary Johnson uh, had seven total tackles and a sack. Um, so overall, um, it was just it, it was a good. I mean, holding a team to seven points, uh, giving up seven deep or offensive points, is not a bad. Defensive performance definitely um, much improved from last week at Kansas, and that was one thing I said last week was if you want to beat West Virginia, you're going to have to improve on on last week. So, so that you know that was the only thing um, is you just got to improve, and and they did, and so that was um, a good job by Orlando, and it feels like we're just counting the minutes we have left with him, counting the minutes we have left with Connor Williams. Um, maybe Holton Hill, maybe Malik, but um, this is a really good defense. Um, and hopefully, the way that recruiting's been, even losing guys like Malik and Holton Hill, um, it can still be impressive in the future. So that was um, that was the defense. Again, uh, we talked a little bit about uh, Dixon earlier. He had seven punts for 301 yards. His longest was 59, but you know his. There, there was nothing wrong with his performance. It's just he was having, he didn't have a lot of room to punt with. His most impressive punt, he had one where the only thing to do, you know, he had to pin him. He was punting around midfield, trying to pin him um, deep in, um, you know, in in the end zone, and just a beautiful little push kick. And you could see, you know, when he's not just trying to crush the ball because he makes a little, he just barely kicks it. And you know, a perfect little kick. Chris Boyd like catches it like he's a receiver on the two. That is that is some impressive stuff. You know, it was only like a forty yard kick, but stops him on the two. That is NFL level stuff that you're seeing from him. Where it's not all kicking, you know, sixty seventy yard punts. It's also the fact that he can pin you inside the twenty. You know, that kind of things. So um, he's got one game left uh, and. Oh, actually, well, two with the bowl game, um, but one game left before the Ray Guy and Heisman Award. And you know, I saw um, people were talking about Baker Mayfield, and he made some crude gestures. Is that going to hurt him for Heisman? Well, if that hurts him for Heisman, who do you give it to? Because, like I've said, Saquon's dropped off. Bryce Love has dropped off a little bit, and he's just—he's not quite electric enough to be a running back and win. You either have to be from Alabama or be super electric. And Bryce Love just hasn't had that kind of electric following. So um, Notre Dame started to lose. That hurts their running back. So it's like, who else do you give it to other than Michael Dixon, who has been one of the best um, punters? Um, So uh, before we look a little bit ahead to Texas Tech and talk some college football, um, for my viewers watching, if you want to post some questions, we have a little shorter of a show, but if you want to post some football-related questions, or it can be non-football, but it has to relate to the show, keep it PG. Um, post some of those, and we can answer those after um, I talk about college football. But 
anyways, uh, Texas hosts Texas Tech next week, uh, or this week on, um, on Friday. And so a black Friday, the team is going to be full after Thanksgiving, but that'll be an interesting game. You know, you look at, cause for Texas, there's like less motivation as far as trying to make a bowl game, but tech, they're still they're still in the in the hunt to make a bowl game, so they'll be motivated. But it'd be a good, I think, a seven and five season. One one thing that I talked about at the beginning when we started off slow is at at this point, your goal is to win as many games to show recruits that you are trending upwards. And if you can win seven games in the regular season, maybe win the bowl game, go to eight wins. That shows recruits, okay, maybe you aren't winning ten games and competing for the Big Twelve, but it's also Herman's first year, and and you're working with new players, new schemes. So all of a sudden, these guys are saying, okay, they've gone from five wins to eight wins. They looked impressive. They had a lot of close losses. Now I want to go in and be part of the revolution. So that is why this Texas Tech game is a is a actually a really huge matchup. Um, not not necessarily on paper. It, it doesn't have any actual influences, but it's important um, long long term um, as far as recruiting is concerned. So um, we're running out of time for the first show, but we'll, we'll go into um, a part two because we're going to talk about the college football playoff. It was a very, very calm weekend in college football inside the top 10. There were no upsets. So um, my, and, and, and when you see a weekend where there's no upsets, Miami was close, but they kind of they scored 30 straight points and looked dominant in the second half. That's what a lot of these teams will do. Um, you saw Bama played Mercer. Um, Clemson uh, had a small team. Auburn had uh, UL Monroe. So a lot of these teams, the week before rivalry week, are playing um, not great. You know, your uh, FC or not necessarily FCS, but non-power five teams to as kind of a game to get back, get healthy. Um, which you know, I'm not. I'm not a super big fan of. But if you're going to play Mercer at some point in the season, you know, I mean, I, I get, I get why they schedule it then, but I think it's a little cheap because that compares to, you look at Miami, who's playing Virginia, who's a, you know, six and four team going into the week last week, a decent team. If they lose, it just hurts them versus, you know, playing Mercer, who you're not going to lose to. Anyways, we are running out of time. So we will be right back after this. 